0: OTM radio, entrepreneurs on the move, we shape and last for a better
1: tomorrow. Boys, welcome to the Kick Spot. It's your boy, it's your boy. Go. I'm your host, D'Angelo. D'Angelo, why did I have visual? I was partying to the break of dawn. How about who recorded the video? D'Angelo. <laughs> OMG. Oh, yeah, it's kind of bratty. So, no. Okay, I'm a better word. <laughs> Apparently, I'm eager to see when I talk about go. myself sometimes. Go. 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 go, 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 go.
0: What's up, everybody? <laughs>
1: the Kick Spot. I'm your host, T'Angelo. What's going on, everybody? This is your boy, T'Angelo, here at the Kick Spot for another fun-filled evening. Welcome out. We're going to have fun. So really quickly, you guys, I will mention, if you could please be sure to press the like button in the bottom left hand corner of the radio page, just to show your support there. Always appreciate the likes and on the radio page. Um, I'm sorry. I just was thinking, have you guys followed Facebook today with me? You'll see that I actually did CPR training today. How exciting, right? So now someone happens to become unresponsive, as they say. I now can assist and you know helping them stay alive. You only have six minutes until your brain starts until you start to become brain dead. Six minutes is all it takes, and it takes a paramedic about what they say ten to fifteen minutes to get to you. So. I would say if you get the opportunity to do CPR training, take it. It's a great course. It was not difficult to learn. I I feel feel, uh, empowered. I truly do. So if you get a chance, I'm excited to get my official certificate. I think there might be one more step to take, but I'm not sure. FYI, giving CPR in real life is not quite the way it happens in the movies. There's a little bit more going on, just FYI. Um, also, guys, I wanted to mention that I believe that if you work hard, you should play hard, okay? Work hard, play hard. So for myself, I do a lot of work with Tangelo Go Live, getting the kicking spot ready for you guys. And so I think it's time to play hard. So I'm going to have to mention to you guys that I am gearing up to go on a cruise this year. I'm uber excited. Me and my someone special will be setting sails and, well, at least setting waves anyway on a cruise ship. Off Mexico we go! So you have to stick around. Hopefully, I'm not too excited and I don't lose my camera in the ocean. I'll post pictures, so you know, keep an eye out. And can you believe that for the first time I attended, like I went to an IKEA. Yeah, I went to an IKEA. Uh, what is a furniture store? I guess, home goods, whatever it was. Interesting experience. Um, I only did one of the three floors they had to offer. It was nice. It was fun. You know, it was a good idea to kind of get out and kind of see what accessories and things are out there. You know, as we're reaching the age of buying property and buying houses, you know, accessorizing and getting new furniture, eh, it can all be kind of exciting and interesting. Just thought I'd mention, I'm just saying that I'm looking at the little brochure thing they have here with all the little lightings and things. I found a great kitchen. That was kind of also the cool part about key if you guys haven't gone, is they designed the whole rooms for you you can kind of see all the different pieces working together. Great experience. Check it out. Um, also, be sure to visit T.AngeloLive.com for all your book buying needs. You know, you guys, we have our one of our segments on the show with Tiangelo Live on books. So, if you happen to hear a book author that you like or want to move forward with their text, feel free to go to T.AngeloLive.com and order your books today. And then, lastly, I want to mention, you guys, that we do um, Tiangelo Live is starting the internship program. So, if you or someone you know is interested in media, communications, or broadcasting, please be sure to send your resume or interest to Tiangelo at TiangeloLive dot com. That's T E A N G E L O. That's your boy Tiangelo at dot com. Um, we do a lot of things from press releases, attending celebrity events, booking shows, and a lot more. Okay, so if you're a great team player, please be sure to hit us up there. Okay, now. um, I'm going to remind you one more time. If you could please be sure to click the like button on the bottom left hand corner of your page. If you're on the radio page, just to show your support, I greatly appreciate it. Now we're going to take a quick little break here, and um, we'll be right back. You are now tuned in. You are now tuned in to the Ticket Spot. Five, 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 Ticket Spot, and I'm your boy. D'Angelo, Okay, okay, okay. So, you guys, we are here chilling at the kicking spot. And tonight I will be starting with our relationship topic of the week, um, which will be stand by your man, but don't be a fool. That's it right there. Stand by your man, but don't be a fool. Okay, and then also in the celebrity hub we'll be discussing everything from Jennifer Jennifer Lopez returning to American Idol, Beyonce saying no photographers at her recent concert, Tyler Perry being sued for his new film, and what else did I hear, interestingly enough? Oh, some new updates on Queen Latifah. She has something kind of exciting going on, and I happen to be a fan, so I look forward to telling you guys this so we can all indulge and experience together. Okay? Also tonight, We'll be doing our Salute to Heroes segment. We do our Salute to Heroes, speaking with um, those who have been in the armed forces, or those who just want to give their own salute and give uh, thank you to the service men and women who have sacrificed themselves for the freedoms that we get to experience today. And tonight we will be visited by military veteran and author Nicol- Nicholas Black, and also military vet turned Olympic bobsledder and book author Stephen Holcomb. Stephen Holcomb and Nicholas Black will be stopping by and hanging out with us tonight. So these will definitely be some interviews you won't want to miss. Both of these gentlemen are very have very interesting stories. Nicholas Black, who is a former member of the U.S. Navy and the French Foreign Legion, turned M. M.A. fighter. And then we have Stephen Holcomb, who is a military vet, and he is now an American bobsledder. In 2012, Stephen brought home the gold medal for a four-man bobsled team. But in the process, he almost went blind. Yeah, he was driving the bobsled, you know, with very minimal eyesight. So definitely stick around, because right around 8.30 this evening, we'll talk with Stephen about that and figure out exactly how do you function a bobsled and you can barely see that's interesting indeed. Indeed. And if you have any questions for our guests tonight, please be sure to call into the radio line at seven one eight six six four six five four three. We're gonna take a quick break and when we return we will discuss the relationship topic of the week. Stand by your man, but don't be a fool. Hey you guys, have you seen the kicking spot? I mean I'm trying to find a kicking spot. I can't get in. What do you mean I can't get in? I'm Tiangelo, I'm the host. The kicking spot. The When you are looking for the latest, the freshest, and the biggest stories in Hollywood, EOTM Blog is a site to visit. But there's also a clip of me on the red carpet. Okay, so I mentioned relationship topic of the week, which is stand by your man, but don't be a fool. Now, I say that because I'm very much a major supporter of supporting your man. You know, for the girls out there, the men do, you know, we have to go out there into the world and take on a lot of beatings at times. And um, if you're an entrepreneur, you happen to, have you on the grind, you know, diligently working to bring your company your brand service or product to light to the public and to get them to all enjoy. And so, you know, as a woman, you've got to take care of the house, stand by your man, understand that he has stresses that he's going through. You know, be a good partner, support. Be a good support system. Be there for him when he just needs a shoulder to cry on or just a a listening ear at a time of venting. Um, This is definitely – this is definitely I think a muscle that people, you know, flex at times and you're definitely there for your dude and you all that jazz. But then have to throw on the bottom bottom half of that line which is don't be a fool. I'm seeing some of these chicks out here stand with these dudes that don't make no sense. They have no bottom line. And if you you know about the bottom line. The bottom line is minimal things you have to have to date somebody. Period. You have to have your own, in, in this culture, in, in the California culture, you have to have a vehicle. You have to have a vehicle, you have to have your own job or source of income, and you have to have your own place. And I'm running into these chicks these days who are telling me how they stand by their man and the dude don't meet the bottom line. And then she asks herself, why, is he, why he can't take me nowhere? Why we can't do nothing? How come he always ask me to borrow money? Well, when you met him, he wasn't quite all pulled together yet. You should have gave him some more time on the branches to get right before you picked him off. So I'm going to say, again, just check things out. Definitely be supportive and be there for him. But don't be no fool. If you see that things just aren't quite coming together, then just go ahead and, you know, move through. Don't, don't think about it too long and just make the best decision for you. Again, I'm going to just go ahead and say, be sure to stand by your man. Be a good support system. But, ladies, don't be no fool. Just just don't do it. All righty. I'm going to just, and I can go on about that. but I'm going to go ahead and move on, though. Okay? So, you guys, continue to hang out here at the Kicker Spot. Um, I'm going to get a drink. Cause we're here. Any, I guess some nachos? No nachos? Okay, well, you guys, we're gearing up to speak with Nicholas Black. And uh, we will discuss his book and MMA Fighting and a lot more. So stick around.
2: Are you an entrepreneur? Are you a
1: singer, rapper, whatever, whatever you need, contact PR
2: at EOTMRadio.com. Carla Simpson can get it done. Check her out. Look what she's doing with the EOTM Awards. Go to
1: EOTMAwards.com and see her work.
2: Estou.
1: this seeangelo ticket spot ticket spot ticket spot ticket hey, you know. spot ticket K- spot ticket 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 tick 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 y- K- hey what's up mr boy ciangelo and you are tuned into the ticket spot Oh all righty you guys, what's going on? This is your boy Tiangelo, and we're gearing up, we're gearing up to speak with Nicholas Black as we do a salute to Heroes. Now a little bit on Nicholas. Nicholas is a former member of the US Navy and the French Foreign Legion. He has fought professionally in the MMA, which is Mixed Martial Arts. He has won two world titles in the process. Now, through all that he's done and gone through, he's also managed to get himself on America's Most Wanted list. And even after all of that, he has gotten – he's also managed to complete some books and stop by and hang out here with me at The Kicker Spot. So without further ado, you guys, let's go ahead and welcome Nicholas Black to The Kicker Spot. Good evening, Nicholas. How are we doing?
3: How's it doing? I'm good. I'm doing really good. How's, how's you guys making it?
1: We are doing very well. Having fun hanging out. He's excited to speak with you and hear about all things Nicholas Black. Well, I don't know about
3: all things, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you many things. Asking you, shall we?
1: <laughs> all right. Well, wonderful. We can start there. Well, with such a fascinating tale and such an interesting life, my first question was: How do how how do you get yourself on the most wanted list, America's most wanted list?
3: Well, that's an interesting story. So um, as part of my fighting, uh, we were traveling around. We were traveling to Japan and Brazil, and we were going all over the world. Mm -hmm. And in the process of that, I met some people, some business guys that wanted some help uh, on the security side, right? So bodyguarding and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so after a fight in Mexico, some guys had approached me and asked me if I wouldn't mind doing some bodyguard work. I said, sure. Sure. So one thing led to another, and we started bodyguarding some guys in Mexico, and then they called some people who called some people, and we ended up getting some clients in America. And I, I worked for a couple of actors you know, out here in L.A., and uh, I worked for some senators, um, a couple of uh, congressmen who had some gambling addictions, which we won't really go into that. But um, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we, we, I, they probably all do anyways, but um, yeah, so it just kind of one thing led to the next, and I, I got linked up with a guy. … who I guess he had been formerly a mobster on the East Coast. Now, he had moved mm-hmm. down to Dallas, and he mm-hmm. started an internet company. We started working with his um, internet company, and um, he was later indicted by the FBI and uh, the Philadelphia police for murder for hire. So I guess what he had done is – and this is all – we didn't know about this, obviously, when he hired us because you know he just hired us to help with his security company. Um right. But anyway… He had allegedly uh, murdered some people in Philadelphia and taken the cash. I guess it was a mob hit. He took the money and he made this new company, this internet company. And this is when everything .com was. You know, everybody was throwing money. You know, this is when every single IPO made billions overnight, and you know, obviously no sustainable income or revenue stream. But everything was worth money. So this was just another company with a lot of money. Um, But in this case, the boss happened to be an ex-hitman. So when the FBI indicted everyone, they snatched everybody up in the whole company, from the stockbrokers to the computer programmers to everybody, and then they grabbed us. There were six of us that were doing security, and they asked us if we knew anything, and they said, well, if you guys cooperate with us, you guys will all get probation. Uh, and so I had a meeting with the guys later on. I said, look, you know, we I don't know anything, but I don't really feel comfortable cooperating with the, the feds anyway, just as a rule of thumb. Um, I'm not a snitch. I don't think anybody else here is either. So I gave everybody about thirty grand in cash, and I said, you guys, do what you want to do. It's on you, but if you want to stay, you're going to take your chances. So half of us left the country. The other half stayed. The ones that left, uh, we split up. Two of us went to Mexico, where I had some connections there. We disappeared to Mexico for about three months. Um, and then over the holidays, uh, between Christmas and New Year, I knew there was so much air travel that there was no way that the U.S. could really keep up with where we were at. So we right. went into Mexico City. We got lost in Mexico City, um, changed IDs and all that kind of stuff. We flew out of Mexico City to Paris, uh, and once in Paris, we joined the French Foreign Legion, basically got off the grid. But the whole time we did this, they were waiting to have this trial. So for for years, this <laughs> trial stretched out with really no one to testify, and because no one knew anything anyway, it was really kind of a big mess. Uh, so uh, I was I this guess I was right out of a movie. <laughs> Yeah, I this guess I was like, on America's like, Most Wanted for, for three or four years, and at the same time, I was working with the French government. Um, I was an interrogator in the French Foreign Legion because um, my background is in psychology. That's why I studied at the University of Texas. So it, right, it was okay. pretty good. It, it was a nice fit, um, and so that's it. So I, I worked uh, in the French Foreign Legion as an interrogator, um, and then uh, we were in Spain, and we did some stuff. for We actually were working for the State Department for a while, um, snatching up bad guys. Um, and then they yeah. finally they caught up with me in Spain, and they they arrested me. Inter, well, actually, Interpol grabbed me, and uh, and that was
1: I guess the that was the fall of Rome. <laughs> so did you ever end up having to do the test the, the, the trial? No, no. I I fought extradition until the day the trial was
3: finished, and then I agreed to extradition and came
1: back. Do you ever listen to this story and think that you sound like you were in a movie when you filmed this? It sounds a bit, a bit ridiculous. Were... <laughs> it's just it's it's so many like wow really well okay well, that's, well, not, that's not that's not even
3: and that's not that's really not the story because when the u.s came and got me in spain um they made a proposal um they said look you know you have this these criminal charges you you know you fled you didn't cooperate in a federal trial blah 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 however We're going to put you – now, this is right around nine eleven. Okay, They said, we're going to put you in one of the prisons in Spain with a bunch of guys from Al-Qaeda, and we're trying to get these guys back to Guantanamo Bay, but we don't have enough to extradite them out of Spain. This is one of the, quote, secret prisons, I guess. So they said, will you work with us? So for the next year, I worked with them inside the prison um, inside a cell of Al-Qaeda, and and that was – so that's a whole other – probably bag right. of and that's what that's what the book um you know terrorist university is about It's about everything that happened inside those prison walls um while we basically infiltrated a cell of Al
1: Qaeda. Okay, so now you're off the list from America's Most Wanted. You're you're right. living life, you're hanging out, and so then you move into M M A fighting.
3: Well I had already been fighting, right? So okay. before I before I ever left I was a fighter. Um and it's I mean even you know, while I was locked up, uh, I was <laughs> fighting, and you know, in, in prison, strange as it may be, people getting fights. So, uh, and then when I got out, obviously, I just kept along with the training and fighting uh, and continued to fight. And I train, you know, and work with a lot of the guys uh, now who are fighting in the UFC and some of the other organizations, strike Force and stuff like that. So, yeah, I stay I stay pretty active in it.
1: And you you trained in all sorts of different styles from jujitsu jitsu to what else have you trained in?
3: So I train in uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I train in boxing, uh, which you know a lot of people don't, you know, credit it. But I think boxing is just as much a martial art as anything else is,
2: um, mm-hmm. and,
3: and and maybe maybe the best one, right? So um, so I trained obviously as a boxer. I wrestled in school, um, and, and you know when I was a little kid I did some other stuff. But but I would say that pretty much fighting boils down to basic wrestling skills, basic boxing skills. And you got to understand how to fight on the ground, so you need your your jujitsu, and you need
1: to stand up, which is your tie boxing, and that that yeah, kind was of pretty watching, much culminates. Yeah, I was watching one of your fights, and that's a that's a whole other world. The only time I need to be in a fight because you know I'm an entertainment guy over here. So if I'm doing a fight, it needs to be choreographed with camera crews, makeup, and um, and costume. Because well, I think I, that's I was like,
2: more work.
3: I think that's more work. <laughs> I, I I did I did a couple of seasons for Walker Texas Ranger, and I I took I got my butt whooped more on that show than I ever did in the
1: ring. <laughs> really. I chucked through a beating on me. Oh my, see here I'm thinking I'm I'm getting I'm getting a nice end of the stick here. Yeah,
3: no, I I think it's rougher being behind the camera. See so much more to worry about. I'll leave that to you guys.
1: Oh yeah, I I'm, I'm, I love it. So now you um you did work with um you work with Chuck Norris on Walker Texas Ranger. How did you end up in an, it? Seems like you know you had such a more serious side of things. How did you go into the world of entertainment?
3: Kind of by accident. Um, when Chuck Norris was getting into when they started filming Walker Texas Ranger, which was filmed in Dallas, uh, CBS mm-hmm. opened the studios down there, and Chuck had uh, a very you know high level of interest in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. So he actually brought in Carlos Machado, one of the top probably top ranked fighters in the world to mm-hmm. train him in Dallas. Well, those of us that were doing Brazilian Jiu Jitsu at this time, there was only a few of us, and we were training with Carlos as well. So we were training at the studios. So the oh, directors and okay. stuff and the production people would come in and look in the room where we were like we were training in a room that attached to the sound stage. So they would actually knock on the door, they would flash the red light, they'd come in and say, Hey we need three or four guys for a for a fight scene. Does anybody anybody interested? Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> so we started doing it on a, on a semi regular basis. Um, whenever they would need people to throw in, you know, fights or get hit by a car, or, you know, and, you know, I think I've I've been a drug dealer, I've been a drug user, I've been a cop, I've been a criminal, I've been a car thief, I've been a car salesman, a DEA agent. I think I've been I've, on that show. I've been about fifty five things, but it was it was definitely a lot of fun, and, it, and you know, it gave me a chance to see what you know what filmmaking is and what TV is kind of from behind the camera, which is, you know, it's obviously a lot different than than I had. Right. But, you know, my original, you
1: know, understanding of it was. So it was really cool. Okay, so now, what what are you doing these days? So a couple of things. So one of my books, uh, I'm working on
3: a project with some guys um, from CBS, and I can't, you know, say who they are, obviously. Uh, But we're working on a a TV series uh, based on the book See Jack Die. Uh, which is uh, kind of a horror suspense uh book that we're really proud of. And then we're in pre-production. Um, you know, just getting we have a couple of showrunners that are working with us on uh Walking Ghost, uh which is kind of the, the trade name for Terrace University, the book that you're referring to. So those are the two kind of projects that are at the forefront. Um and we're a little bit further along with C Jack Die. Uh we're we're pretty close uh on that one and um uh, with Walking Ghost uh, so it's a little bit more of a complex kind of story because it deals with, is- you know, issues that really happen. Um, right. So, but, but, yeah, we're we're shoving along. You know how it is down here in L.A. It's, every, everything's a work in progress.
1: It, yeah, and, until it's until it's on the theater saying done, it's still working in progress. I, that's I, right. I completely that's right. agree. Well, awesome. Well, Nick, thank you for stopping by and sharing all this with us. When the, um when C-Jack dies, does finish up, I really do welcome to have you back so we can talk about that project and as it, you know, flourishes and comes to fruition.
3: Well, that'd be great. You know, thanks for
1: having me on. I really appreciate it. Most definitely. And so next time, Nicholas, you continue to have a great one, And we'll have our eye out, we're looking out for you. Thank you, sir. All righty. You guys, we just want to talk with Nicholas Black, um, MMA fighter, author, veteran, and great, great, great story. That was, that really, um, that sounded like a movie. Like, I really want to go see that. I want to go see that. We can't go watch it. It wasn't in the theater. Okay, we we'll have to wait until C.J. Die comes out then. That's fine. All right, you guys, continue hanging out and visiting with us here um, at the Kicker Spot as we're doing a salute to heroes. And to everyone who's still here hanging out with us, here at the Kicker Spot, continue to do so, lounge, hang out, get you some nachos if they brought you some, because we are now getting up to talk with another author, the author of But Now I See, which is Stephen Holcomb, his book is But Now I See, another great hero. Okay, you guys, so hang out. But we'll be right back. What's going on? This is your boy Tangelo, and you are chilling at the Kicker Spot. Angelo. Hey, you guys, what's going on? We are chilling here at the kicking spot. So, um, as we get up to speak with Stephen Holcomb, I wanted to just hang out for a spell. So, I mentioned that Mother's Day was approaching, and I did my Mother's Day gift already. I know I keep bringing this up, but, okay, I'm wondering if I should do something else, you know? If I should maybe get something else from Mom, like she Mother's Day gift this month, but with it coming up, should I do something more? I don't know. You know, I won't talk about that, you guys. I guess. So, how about the wine and cheese party? I'm actually gearing up to do a wine and cheese Uh called a Night of Wine and Jazz, actually. It's called a Night of Wine and Jazz. This is an event that I did last year as well on a more intimate scale. And so, this year, I'm thinking I should do another one a little larger. So, at the wine and jazz party, you come out, of course. Um, we have the bottles of wine there. Also, the attendees bring their favorite bottles of wine so we can all splurge and try something new. And we have nice cheeses. We have all kinds of little eateries and, of course, jazz music. And this is an event that you're definitely going to want to check out, you guys. So be sure to um, log on to our on com and sign up. For the email blast, just on channel. dot com, the left hand corner you'll see a green box that just says sign up or sign in, and sign in there so we can be sure to get your information to keep you informed about that event. Um, what else is coming on? Oh, also we're gearing up for the EOTM awards. I mean that's a very very much approaching here and on August fourth, two thousand thirteen, the first. An annual EOTM Awards, where yours truly has been nominated for Outstanding Radio Host. So I'm uber excited about that. And some of the other nominees from the awards show will be on the kicker spot here soon. So definitely keep your ear out. Um, I think in May. there's about three or four them set up in May. So you'll want to stay tuned for that. It's going to be really exciting. But um, that's my long cheese party. So I'm thinking this, this year, if I do the wine and cheese, Oh, excuse me. A night of wine and jazz. I have to get that title correct. I'm used to saying wine and cheese because everyone always says that. No, I know, but cheese goes well with it. Do you know they also have a chocolate, a special chocolate that goes with with wine also? Um I found it when I went to Devmo. I'm not sure you guys know what Devmo. It's like a just like a not a liquor store. It's more like wines and it has I guess liquors and stuff, but I don't you know, okay. They had wines and that's what I picked up. So Anyhow, that was awesome in itself. So that's the wine and cheese party. What else is coming up? Oh, my cruise is approaching. I'm uber excited about the cruise. Okay, when is the cruise? The cruise is – when is the cruise? The cruise is in June? Yeah. It's, wow, June's going to be a busy month. We have the Alaska, Alaska Fashion Week is in June. The cruise is in June. We have the radio show in June. This is going to be a fun month. Maybe I should lose weight in June. <laughs> I do need to lose weight Matter of fact I have to get me You guys We have to talk about Weight weight loss too We have to get a plan going We can all do it together Because your host Tiangelo, Is very much indulging In every type of sweet And eating out there And that is not very good For the body and health So I'm sorry I just had to mention that I want to hang out With you guys So anyhow um, We'll talk more About fitness soon though Because I'm also In the process of Getting a fitness Author on the show So she can help us Be fit and be healthy So we can keep, um, as Justin Timberlake said, we can bring sexy back. How about that, huh? Oh, I I see thumbs up around here, so it must be a good idea. Okay, you guys, let's let's move forward. Let's digress. Um, tonight we uh, we are are, we're excuse me. Uh, Okay, I'm back. We are now (laughs) going to visit and hang out with Stephen Holcomb, an American Olympic bobsledder who has compete who has been competing since 1998. After leaving the military with an honorable discharge in June 2006, um, Cedar went on to get you know, bobsledding. In 2010, in, Vancouver, in the Vancouver Olympics, he won the four-man bobsled event for the United States. It was the first gold medal in a four-man bobsled te- team for, the America, for America since 1948. I'm guessing that's not a sport that we focus hard on because we should have more people in bobsledding. But none. Steve Holcomb and his crew are definitely representing for us. He has since written a book called "But Now I See," and which is an encouraging story of fortitude, strength, and perseverance. You guys. While he was, while Steve was in the height of his career, Stephen noticed that he was going blind. Yes. So let's, without further ado, welcome Stephen to the show and find out more about all things Stephen Holcomb. Well, good evening, Steve. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing quite well. How are you doing? I am really excited to be speaking with you because I love the story. It is, oh, it is a,
0: Thank
1: you. I mean, it, it's just it's an awesome story, and we're going to talk about the book, and I'm excited. Before I do though, I wanted to say, um, how is the sport of bobsledding treating you these days? Now, how are you doing with bobsledding?
2: Um, it's going quite well, actually. Uh, just last year, we were the first American team ever to win the two-man world championships. Um, so that was pretty cool. The start sports oh, started back in the early nineteen hundreds, and uh, we were the first Americans ever to win the two-man title. So that was pretty pretty exciting. I don't ever. think but, uh, I, don't think I even... knew that they did
1: bobsledding in two-man teams.
2: Yeah, we, did. we had two, two man man. So, uh, do. We two two-man and four-man. So we've two events. Um, the women only have uh, have two women. That's it. Um, but uh, the men do two-man and four-man, and with the, uh, we went on after that uh, win in the two man to win the four man as well. And we're, the, we're the only team, uh, third team in history to ever win both titles in uh, in one weekend. So it's been uh, well, a congratulations! A Great, Thanks yeah.
1: So I, I'm sure you guys are really making making America proud, putting us putting us on the map. Yeah, well, so we're trying, we're working hard. <laughs> so and then also you guys are preparing for the Winter Olympics 2014, correct?
2: We are. They're about uh, nine, nine, ten months away, so uh, they're coming up pretty quick. It's uh, it's game time. You know, all training, uh, all the training for the last four years is going to climax and peak in next February in Sochi, Russia. So uh, it should be it should be good. It's going to be a good event. Uh, I think uh, we're we're going to be doing pretty well. We're going to be a defending champion, so everybody's going to be gunning for us. And then, uh, right? I don't know. It's going to be a good race.
1: I think, and this is kind of when I know for myself when sports be really interesting is when you have the backstory, but you know behind it to know that the American team took it, and so many other countries, you know Germany and all of other countries are used to that sport being there. It's like, whoa, America tried to no, so they really gonna be looking at you guys to see, you know where the weaknesses are and where your strengths lie. Are you mentally prepared for all of it?
2: I think so. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, the Germans have dominated the sport, the Olympics. Uh, they've won uh, up until our gold, gold medal. They had won the previous five gold medals, so they were kind of wow. the team to beat. And we ended up uh, beating them, and they got second. And uh, I don't think they're very happy about that right now. <laughs> right, I mean, they're right. Uh, they're working really hard to to make sure that they don't uh, they don't come in second to the, uh, in February. So uh, there's definitely a target on our back, but I think uh, we're prepared. We've uh, we've been there. We've been we've won before um uh, I think mm-hmm. we can do it again.
1: Now, are you still working with the same four gentlemen from
2: 2010? Um uh, one guy. Yeah, well uh, one guy retired. Um okay. so he's uh, he's out, but we replace him with a, a guy who's uh who's just as good if not better um and I think uh you know we've uh, we've got a new sled coming out from BMW um which mm-hmm. is pretty exciting so I think uh I think we're going to be, uh, uh, you know, definitely the, one of the top contenders, and it's uh, it's going to be a good a good a good Olympics for the Americans, no doubt.
1: That's awesome. Well, we definitely will be looking out. That's going to be a great event, and that is a that's event. No, where is where is the Olympics happening? Is that, is that
2: is it Uh No, that's uh, that's the Summer Olympics in uh, 16. Oh yeah, 16. Uh, this, our Olympics are going to be in uh, Sochi, Russia. So it's going to be the first time the Olympics have been in Russia since Moscow um, in 1980 when we boycotted. So it's going to be uh that'll be a little bit interesting to see what uh, what goes down with that. But uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a challenge.
1: Okay, that's that's awesome. So now let's talk about the. But now I see my journey from blindness to Olympic gold. What made you write the book?
2: Well, I uh, was diagnosed with a degenerative eye disease in 2001 um, called keratoconus, and basically, it's just a sinning of the cornea that causes your, your corneas to bulge, and uh, you basically, you just slowly go blind over time. Uh, when I was first diagnosed, they told me, you know, you're going to have about I don't know 30 to 40 years until you need to have this, you know, you have a cornea transplant where they'll just, you know, lop off your corneas and give uh, donor corneas to you, and you know, no big deal. It's way down the road. Don't worry about it. Well, unfortunately, okay. mine mine was uh, a little more aggressive than normal, and uh, my progression was not forty years; it was about five. So, in uh, two thousand six, uh, let me kind of backtrack a little bit. I just now had got into the sport right when I was diagnosed. I just started learning how to drive the sled. Oh wow! But, but at the time, my vision was really was pretty solid still. It was, it was I had the disease, but it hasn't degenerated, so it was still pretty good. So I started learning how to okay. drive, being able to see. And as over the years, as I kept, I got more experience driving. My eyes got worse and worse and worse. So, eventually, it kind of compensated, and I was able to drive without really being able to see. Um, but unfortunately, there came a point where um, you know I was wearing contact lenses. They were really strong. My prescription was negative uh, eighteen. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people out there have contact lenses. You know, people with twenty forty, twenty fifty vision are like negative five or negative six. And right, I was that's really high. Bad. Um, and then, you know, I had to go and back to really get prescription. Yeah, it was pretty, it was, it was like Coke bottles in my eye. And much.
1: you, and you managed to, and you still managed to drive the team.
2: Yeah, for the most part. Um, but in 2007, I got to the point where I could, they didn't make contact lenses any stronger. They just said, Hey, you know, we're, we're kind of at the end. This is all you got. We can correct your vision about 20, 80, 20, you know, 2100, but that's about as good as going to get. It's just going to keep getting worse at that point i finally just decided look i'm if if i get if i crash or hurt somebody or you know, god forbid kill somebody and find out that i'm right. blind you know i i can't i can never live with myself so i decided. And so to no 2007.
1: one i'm sorry just just mention it so no one knew of this you hadn't told a family yeah, member yeah. you hadn't told the had team you hadn't secret. told
2: uh, yeah i didn't did tell you anybody tell your and I was very good at hiding it. I was very good at uh, making sure nobody really knew. People knew I wore contacts, but they didn't realize the, the the strength of those contact lenses. I was able to, you know, I kind of withdrew from from people. I didn't go out and do stuff as much, but I was just, people just kind of assumed that my personality was kind of a, you know, a little quiet and reserved and kind of right. Reserved, but, uh, um, yeah, eventually, you know, I finally came clean and said, look, I got to retire because I'm blind. And uh, my coach is like, well, look, and this is just this is literally after the best season I had ever had in my career. Um, I just won the two-man um, overall world title, World Cup title, mm-hmm. uh, right? And and that was again the first time for the Americans ever. And so to win that, and then you know a few months later, tell my coach that I'm I have to retire. He he flipped his lid. You know he wasn't very happy about it, and he said, ah, don't worry. You know your vision. is no big deal. We'll just we'll get a fix. There's there's a whole bunch of procedures out there. I was like I don't I don't think you understand. Yeah, there's and I was little... funny.
1: I was just I was just reading that part in your book when the actual moment when you had to tell them that the build up to that you actually having to say it out of your own mouth to them was a very tense moment. I mean, you know, you're yeah, being I mean, blue. I mean, you're trying to leave while they're training. Yeah, <laughs>
2: I mean, it was it was a, it was a very strange few weeks, and, uh, you know, once I finally came clean, you know, he didn't really, really grasp what I was saying, like, there's no cure for this disease, and basically, I'm just going to go blind, and eventually, you are going to have to slice off my corneas, and the recovery period is about two years, one year for each eye, by then, I'll be out of the sport, and plus, my eyes will be so fragile that I can't compete anymore, so it's, I'm just done, I'm done. So, ah, don't right. worry about it, we'll figure something out. I was like, I don't really think you understand what I'm saying here. So eventually, uh, a few weeks, well a few months go by and he calls me up and says, Hey, uh this former Bob Slutter is a doctor and he actually uh he deals with a lot of leading edge or cutting edge um technology and there's a guy in Beverly Hills named uh doctor Brian Boxer Walkler who's got this experimental procedure. Why don't you give it a shot? And I said, Well, okay, you know, I can't if I if it works I'm back in. If not, I'm right where I'm at anyway, so I really had nothing to lose. Flew out to yeah. Beverly Hills, had this procedure done. Uh, a few few months later, I'm seeing 2020. A year after that, I win the first world championship ever for the United States, or since 1950 for the United States, and then in two years, we win the first gold medal since 1948.
1: And you, and you mentioned you had nothing to lose. I know in the book you talk about wanting to even maybe lose life. You were so so distraught and the depression weighed on you so much do you think that was because you were by yourself
2: um definitely you know i I, def- I kept it all to myself i kept it inside i didn't share it i didn't ask for help you know i just i thought that i could fight it myself um and i did i eventually uh, uh swallowed a whole bunch of sleeping pills and tried to put myself to sleep for good and it didn't uh didn't work out thank god but uh Right. Yeah, I mean, I was alone. I didn't seek help, and that I think that's the problem that we have is people think that you can fight this. And and people all the time would tell me, hey, you know, just cheer up. It's no big deal. I'm like, I, it's not, you know, this is a, a a chemical imbalance in my brain. Like, it doesn't just go away. You know, right. I'm, I'm depressed and I'm upset, and, but you can't just cheer up. Um, right. And, you know, it's really tough, and I I don't think a lot of people understand it. People who haven't been depressed don't really understand it fully. And so you really, it's you know, something I learned and something I try to advocate to a lot of other people is like look, you you just have to talk to somebody. And once you once you get it out and start talking about it you, you can work through it and people realize it and they understand it and all of a sudden you're feeling better and you people can help you deal with it and, and you're on you know there's a lot of a lot of ways to get around it. And, I, didn't right, realize that and I, I I took the wrong way way out and it luckily it didn't work out. So
1: Yes, yes. Now also um for the listeners we're currently talking with Stephen Holcomb, the author uh, but now I see my journey from blindness to Olympic gold. Now, Stephen, you also work with organizations that help people, you know, in society yep. who are overlooked, like the veterans, yep. <laughs> one of the different social groups. And I'm I am aware that you work with Right to Play, Team Red, White and Blue, the Boy Scouts of America. Why are you so passionate in giving uh, back?
2: Well, you know, looking at Right to Play, a lot of uh, what was Right to Play, you know, we – I was fortunate enough to grow up in in a very nice town, a ski town in Utah. You know, Park City, Utah, beautiful town. Had great parents who really helped me out. Did everything they could to give me what I needed to to be successful, and and obviously worked out. And there's, uh, you know, a lot of people don't have that. And it's my, I feel like it's my duty to give back and and give other people who don't have that opportunity, who weren't born in the right place at the right time. uh, It's my job to give back and make that make it the right place in the right time. You know, and there's a lot of kids around the world that will never ever play a sport. And uh, just because they were born in the in the wrong place at the wrong time, and it's just not, it's not their fault. And right. you know, it's, it, I can get out there and help and, and, and get them involved. That's a, that's a huge thing for me. Um, team red, white and blue, you know, they're, I'm passionate about that because, you know, as a seven year veteran, um, team red, white and blue is, is all about uh, supporting wounded soldiers. Uh, they're coming back and transitioning into civilian life. You know these guys are—they're—they're given everything out there, and and when they come home, a lot of times they're neglected and they're ignored, and people don't—they're having a hard time getting back involved. And I think uh, having known a lot of these guys personally, I want to help them get back involved. You know they—they—they—they—they want to be a part of society as well, and they shouldn't be overlooked. And and uh, and and having the support group that I had during my training as a soldier, you know I think uh, the least I could do is help them you know, those who have, have really sacrificed everything and uh, give back to them.
1: Well, awesome. And we do appreciate you for doing a Salute to Heroes. That's one of the one of the things that we work towards just giving, you know, some social events and things of that nature. That is truly awesome. So the last question I typically ask is what is next for you? we kind of already hear that you have a lot of big competitions coming up. So, can you think past the Olympics? Is there anything after that, or is this, let's deal with that right now?
2: Yeah, I think, well, it's, it's tough to say. You know, I'm, I'm looking right now. Uh, you take it one day at a time. You know, we gotta we gotta get through the first racing season. Um, it's an eight race season leading into the Olympics, so um, it's gonna be a long season. I take it one race at a time, but uh, we'll see how it goes. I'm doing well still. I'll stick around and try to keep uh, representing the United States the best I can. If, uh, if I find out in Sochi is just not my my thing anymore. Maybe I'll uh, I'll move on and find something something better to do, better to do. You know, but uh, right. for the most part, I just gotta stay focused, train hard, and uh, get ready to be to wear the red, white, and blue when the opening ceremony in in Sochi.
1: Well, I will say that. Um, oh, also, I love the pictures in the book. Also, might I add, um, the, 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 when <laughs> you were young, pictures. I love pictures and I love good stories, and this was a great story <laughs> with great pictures. <laughs>
2: Well, thank
1: you very much. Good selection. So, okay, well, then, other than that, Dave, excuse uh, me, Stephen, I'm reading here. Other than that, Steve, this has been awesome. Like, I feel like you've definitely been my life on this text for me. For everyone listening, we are speaking with Stephen Holcomb, author, but now I, a uh, great book, a great book, is cool. about overcoming it all, you know, really being at that pinnacle point where you're just over it. But, you know, to the grace of God, you learn that there's another way. And look at you now. You would have never figured this for yourself, could you?
2: <laughs> I did not, know actually. I, mean, I, I When I woke up the next day, I realized I had a bigger purpose in life, and so that's kind of when I started my mission.
1: Well, I think a mission is definitely, you're, you're definitely succeeding in the mission, and you are beacon of light to us all. So I, I thank you and I salute, I salute to you even. So thank you.
2: Great. Great. Thank you very well, much for having me, and I appreciate talking to you.
1: Most definitely, thank you, Stephen. You have a great night.
2: All uh, right, thanks. Take care.
1: All right, you guys. We had just finished speaking up, We're speaking with Stephen Holcomb, the author of "But Now I See: My Journey from Blindness to um, my, me, my 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 Journey from Blindness to Olympic Gold." What a great story! If you guys want to get your own copy of this book or learn more about it, you can go to tangelolive.com dot com, where you can find this title there on the homepage. Um, we are going excuse me, we are going to take a quick moment here, and uh, we're going to take a quick break, you guys, so continue to stick around, and when we return, we will be getting into the celebrity hub to discuss what all is going on in the world of Hollywood, okay, so we'll be right back after this.
0: I got it with you. I don't know much about algebra, but I know one plus one equals two. And it's me and you. That's all we'll have when the world is through. Baby, we Days of Glow.
1: Hub It's brought to you by EOTMblogs.com. When you are looking for the latest, the freshest, and the biggest stories in Hollywood, EOTMblogs, yes, I said it, EOTMblogs.com is the site to visit.
0: I said be quiet, it's coming on, and get off my foot.
1: Hey, you guys, we are now in the Celebrity Hub where we discuss all things Hollywood so uh, for those of you who are fans of Scandal, as I am, tonight we welcome Scandal back to our TV programming. So I know once I get off the air, I will be going, hitting up the DVR, and, well, I don't have one here, but I'm going to a friend's house, to watch Scandal, starring Kerry Washington and the whole cast, who are amazing. I'm like low-key addicted. I saw it on Netflix, and I fell in love. I'm serious. But anyhow, okay.
2: <laughs>
1: so for all, oh, you know what, you guys, for all of our Scandal fans, we should so hit up a blog or something. I have to put a, a blog on my page. That be something new. Anyhow, okay, so let's discuss for a moment our girl, Queen Latifah. What is she up to next? Well, have you guys heard that this young lady is getting her own show? Yes, Queen Latifah is launching her show this year Queen Latifah, we're getting a talk show, matter of fact, the Queen Latifah show. It starts, it premieres, I think, in September. Um, what is her? It's, yeah, premiering in September. Hey, I am a major Queen Latifah fan. I have loved her since forever, and so I'm definitely geared up to watch and be tuned in. Other shows I love is, and I watch them online um, on YouTube, is Ellen DeGeneres, And Wendy Williams, those are my two shows. I know Montel is back, I've heard, but I haven't had a chance to check him out yet. But um, you guys definitely keep an eye out for our girl Queen Latifah, our girl, Queen Latifah. You can go to her site. It looks great, com. She looks amazing. And I'm uber-excited. Matter of fact, someone should book me on her show. I should be on her show. That's what I just, I think I just decided that. Great idea, right? Okay. Anywho, and then um, I don't know if you guys heard, but Michelle Williams of Destiny's Child is in the play Fela. Fela? I that right? Fela? Fela? Fela. And um, what you call it? That show is actually here in Los Angeles, They're about to launch here in Los Angeles. So I say if you guys get a chance to see live plays of a, of a concert or something comes to your town, you definitely should make it a point to try to check it out. Because there's nothing better than a live performance, and right now, um, Thala is going to be in Los Angeles, and um, I want to go, but with all these other trips I'm going on, I might have to be more mindful. But anyhow, let's see who we have here. We have our girl. Oh, oh, oh! You guys, okay? Celebrity have yes. So, have you guys in? Have you heard that American Idol has some juice and some dirt and some scandal going on with their host as usual? Um. Let's see here. So apparently the ratings are down from American Idol. I mean, from right now, American Idol's ratings are the lowest they have ever been since the show launched, okay? And so what the, what the talk on the town is, is allegedly they're thinking of replacing Mariah Carey with, wait for it, Jennifer Lopez, boom. Yes, Jennifer Lopez, who just recently left the show, like, last year. Well, it it appears that this year the ratings are only at, like, 12 million viewers, and with Jennifer Lopez there, they were at 17 million. So they're thinking about bringing her back. Now, it's all alleged because they're not really sure – we think it's a good idea. I mean, they're you know they're questioning if it's a good idea or not. I, I, My career is cool and all, but I think that Jennifer Lopez is just probably a little bit more hip and more current to the audience of today. But apparently, the studio is saying that they are never considering that. They're probably only saying that because Carrie's people heard that they were talking about replacing her and put a lawsuit behind american idol which made them shut their mouth and so they went ahead and said that they're not considering replacing maria Carey with jennifer lopez but they're just asking jennifer lopez to perform at the finale that takes place in about six weeks so i they haven't announced officially if jennifer lopez will be there or not but that is what they're talking about on the streets, so I guess we'll see. And then in the world of Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce, you guys know, is like the queen bee out there right now, and she pretty much she thinks she wants soon as she gets. Well, now guess what she wants? She wants, there to, she wants to not, she wants, oh, goodness, she wants not to have any photographers at her concert outside of the ones that her team hires to take images that they will provide to the media. So let me get this right, Beyonce, and I'm a fan but you don't want there to be any media at the event snapping pictures to put inside of their publications. Well, why, why would you do that? That's kind of what it's about. You bring, you invite the press to come out. Well, apparently, ever since all the ugly pictures were posted on Beyonce um, after the after the Super Bowl, they are now trying to stop that from happening. And when I found this out, I was kind of like, what picture are they talking about? And I have to let you guys know, it was um, – It was definitely some bad images. I mean, unfortunately, and people were mean. People were mean with these pictures, too, you guys. Okay, so, you know, Beyonce had the costume on, the little body that she's been rocking lately and everything. And so there's a lot of skin showing, as usual. And there's a few pictures out there. There's a few pictures. I'm going to mention the ones that I thought were kind of like nice. (sighs) Okay. It's a live performance, okay? So in a live performance, you're going to have different things that you are not going to like if you freeze them. Now, one thing that Beyonce did was she gave her all. She definitely performed at 150%. And as any live performer knows, there's going to be some ugly when you're performing that well. And she definitely gave us. Ugly. She gave us some ugly faces. She gave us some of that stank face. And for any dancer out there, and I'm a professional dancer myself, but any dancer, you know when you're getting it, you use that stank face—the one that you, with your nose kind of lifts like something smells bad. Like if you guys are sitting right now at your homes, or whatever, go ahead and look in the mirror real quick, right? Look in the mirror. there's one near you, and do that. Mm, what is that? Ooh, what is that smell? Ooh, what is that Mmm, that smells bad. Well, that, mm, that, face, that is a dancer's cardinal face. That means I'm getting it. And she has a bunch of those faces going on. See, apparently, she worked out a little bit more than she typically does. So her arms are kind of really muscular and yoked out. And then there's this one picture. So it's the ugly face picture. They have those going on. And they take taken ugly face pictures and morph them to make them look even worse, which is unfortunate. And then to add insult to injury, there's one picture where her legs are kind of gapped open, and you can see all the way through her legs. And it's just not the most uh, – it's not a cute picture. I'm not giving it to you. It's just an it's unattractive picture. But to keep all this from happening, they decided that they would just go ahead and um, cut all the photography. And it's so bad, you guys. They Even one of her pictures here I see where she's really muscular, they buffed her out even like times 40, per, no, times 200% of her real size and painted her green. And now they're calling her the She-Hulk. That's not nice. It's funny, but it's not nice. I'm sure that she didn't like that. They're talking about not allowing people to come anymore. That's what they're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry, I just read. I hear they're talking about replacing Nicki Minaj, too, maybe. It was said that Nicki Minaj is not as relatable to uh, middle America. So when you think about states like Colorado and Texas, that Nicki Minaj is not that relatable, she has a lot of racy lyrics that she might not be as fitting. Hmm. They're talking about, um, I heard this talk with Kelly Rowland hosting a show. I think it's, uh, America's Got Talent? I think it is. It's talking about having Kelly Rowling. All these shows, I mean, I stopped watching them. You know, I don't watch a lot of TV, but I stopped watching a lot of these shows because it just seems like you're getting the same thing over and over and over again. Um, I think uh, Candy Factory is kind of a new concept. That's from Candy from House of Atlanta. And then um, The Voice is a new concept. The Voice is kind of cool. But you had X Factor and American Idol. That's kind of the same thing. And now I guess uh, The Voice has changed out. They're judges. We got, we got Shakira and Usher over there. So. I'm gonna check that show out. I'm gonna check it out and see what they're doing. Anywho, um, that's that's all we're gonna talk about in celebrity Hub today. Um, we're gonna digress. That was interesting enough. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, you guys. Well, let's go ahead and pull this night to a close because I want to see, I want to see scandal. I do. Um, I tell you guys, i see seeing live concerts and I'm sitting here looking at one. Oh wait a minute! Someone posted. What did they say? Let's see what they said here. You go. Um. Hold on, I'm trying to pull it up. Another Queen Latifah talk show. The first one wasn't that good. Oh, I guess someone keeps up with Queen Latifah better than I do. I thought she had a first talk show. I wasn't positively sure, but apparently she did. And they don't really think it was all that great. But hey, I'm optimistic. I'm a fan of her, so Queen Latifah, I'm gonna say big ups to you. Okay. Um, anyhow, you guys, let's go ahead and pull this train to a close. I want to first say thank you to Nicholas Black and to Stephen Holcomb for stopping by and doing a salute to heroes as we hang out and chill, chill here at the Kicker Spot. Um, you guys, please check out next week's show. Um, I'm, I know I'm always excited for my shows, but I'm gonna be extra excited about next week's show because we're gonna have David Fisher on the show, and he has a book. He's gonna be on this segment. tangent live on books. And he has a book that's called Rock Your Business, what you and your company can learn from the business of rock and roll. And I have truly been carrying this book around with the rest of the albums I have to read. But this one also because it's about entrepreneurship and how to brand your company and how to pull it to a place of success and revenue. So for all the entrepreneurs there, for all those, you know, working to get their businesses going, this is going to be a show you do not want to miss. Um, Veronica, can you make sure we put extra tweets out on this one? matter of fact, call David and tell him, let's have lunch. Oh, you don't have his number? We'll get his number then. (sighs) Anyhow, you guys, so David Fisher will be on next. Um, We're excited. Um, Other than that, I think that's all. Be sure to go to Tienzo Live for all your book-buying needs and purchase all the different titles. Definitely go by and pick up your copy of Rock Your Business from com so you can have already started the book, you know, so you can get a you know a good insight and have some questions. Definitely call him questions, guys. Feel free to call in and ask David all kinds of questions you may have. He develops um businesses. He's like a, he's kinda like he has a few different brands he started to sell, different concepts and things he's done. So it's gonna be a, a really great show. I want you guys to all take from this as we did from last week's show with um Dr. Dennis Kimbrough. So alrighty. Other than that, let's go ahead and let's forget anything. No. Alrighty, well, until next time, you guys. This has been another fun, amazing night with you. And remember to live life to the fullest. And I'm your host, Tiangelo. Good night, you guys. Boys, welcome to the Kick Spot. It's your boy, it's your boy. I'm your go, host, go, T'Angelo. T'Angelo, T'Angelo. Tiangelo. Why did I have a visual? I was partying to the break of the night. How about who recorded the video? Tiangelo. <laughs> <laughs> OMG. Oh, yeah, it's kind of bratty. So, no. Okay, but a better one. Apparently, go, I'm eager to when I talk about go, myself. Go, all go, time. go. 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 What's up, everybody? <laughs> Welcome to the Kicker Spot. I'm your host, LATLAN